Welcome to No Wrong Answers, the weekly podcast that gives you a teacherly take on the world. I'm your host, Kyle Palmer, and this is our New Year's special. Happy 2018. You've had at least a week off, maybe more. You've settled into some holiday cheer, taken some time away from school, but you're probably now in the mode of wanting to get back into school. You're almost there. Maybe you don't want, want to get back, but you're, you're going back. We have to. <laughs> that's that's kind of days, pushing it. next few yeah. days. Uh, so we uh, thought we would do a, a real simple thing here, talk a bit about uh, the crazy year that was 2017. That's behind us now, and talk also a bit about 2018 and what it could offer, all, of course, through an education lens, a teacherly perspective. Uh, we have a group of hardworking teachers who, at least at the moment this episode is getting dropped, are not as hardworking. They're still on break. <laughs> But here they are. Greg Brenner, what do you teach? Uh, high school social studies. Luann Fox, what do you teach? High school English. And Ryan So, what do you teach? I'm an elementary speech-language pathologist. So the format for this special uh, and brief episode is simple. I'll ask all three of you uh, four questions, asking you for two superlatives about 2017 and two superlatives or predicted superlatives for 2018. So a good and a bad, an A and an F, a high point and a low point. So let's go back in time a bit, if we dare, to 2017. So this is my first question for all of you. What was uh, the best thing in education in 2017 to you? A trend, a development, an event, a person, something in education in 2017, the best? For me, I think it, uh, I, a lot of students found their voices. Um, we have the, um, the resuscitation of some, some groups that uh, maybe weren't as vocal before. So we have a, uh, a gender sexuality alliance that is pretty vocal and, and pretty out there. And um, we have a Students Achieving Social Harmony, which is called SASH. And, and this is a group that's going to be about raising um, awareness about and having real talk about um, so, uh, students of color and, 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 and differences that we have with, with each other and how we can work together well. So just, you know, students wanting to speak out and really wanting to have real discussions, I would say, is the highest. And you think that's a result of the the political climate of the nation, you know, just coming off the 2016 Pro- prob- presidential yeah, election? Yeah, exactly. And probably it's like a student attempt to be like, I mean, they know that they're young and that they're going to be like the leaders of tomorrow and they've got to live in this environment. And I think the uh, some attempt at trying to do it in some civil way, I think they, they're interested in doing that. Okay, so students finding their voice. Greg, Ryan, what was the best thing for you in education in 2017? Two things. One was, um, not not so personal, was our soccer team just, just did awesome this year. Um, so I'm one of the, one of the coaches. coaches yeah. uh, and it was, it was a great season, um, and my hat's off to them, and, and they were just a fun, fun, fun group of guys. Um, loved being with them. Um, second is, is more like personal individual with students um, and seeing – the kids who graduated back in May 2017 and seeing where they are now coming back after having done a semester of, of college. Um, since I teach in inner city, um, most of our kids either, A, don't go to college or go to college nearby. And now we've had some students that actually went out of town that, that kind of finally spread their wings and, and went off and having um, seeing them come back and talk about their experience living away from home. Um, that's that's awesome to see. And I would imagine it has a uh, a positive impact on the students who are still at your school. Yeah, right? just uh, just to know that they're there and and building almost like an enclave of of students in in certain other universities that are not in the Kansas City area, and that they can yeah. like, like a pipeline kind of thing. Right, where they can they can draw Connect, other yeah. students to that. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's so that's so awesome to see. It just it it hasn't happened for such a long time, and to, just to see kids like venturing forth from their comfort zone of of this area. 
is great. Yeah, Ryan. For me, it's the uh, continued progress that we're making for differentiation for our students. I know that you are uh, a special ed teacher. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know, general education teachers, special education teachers, we're really talking about providing not necessarily what's equal for our students, but what's equitable for our students. And um, I hope that we just continue differentiating for our students and coming coming up with new strategies to uh, do what's best for them. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see that school districts are providing professional development for how we differentiate for our students. I mean, we test students who sometimes don't qualify for special education students, but just because they don't qualify, that doesn't mean that they're not going to have difficulty. So we need to continue this conversation and we need to continue to have professional development. And I'm really glad that um, SPED teachers and regular ed teachers and administrators are talking about um, differentiating for these kids. Let's switch our focus. Um, the worst thing or the maybe least thing that maybe you want to forget in education uh, in 2017. It's pretty easy for, for me uh, working in a majority minority school with 95 percent Hispanic was the uh, loss of, of DACA, of deferred action, uh, and just the impact, the negative impact that that's had um, on our kids and their their perspective and, and their outlook. It's been very discouraging, uh, very, very discouraging. And some kids just I, I could kind of see it in their eyes, like, what, what what's the point of getting a high school degree then? Um, that was big, big low point that has a continued impact. Right. It's, I mean, it's still the, the future of DACA is still uncertain, even mm-hmm. at the start of 2018. Um, there is talk, certainly, of, of renewing it and writing a new law that covers those students. Do, they, do your students follow that story uh, closely? Well, we, we try to make them follow it, yeah, um, because it, it, we're so invested in it as teachers as well. On some level, it almost seems like our work is tied into that. Um, if if our kids don't have any any options, then what what are we there for? Um, so that seeing that, and then the the um, attending dialogue um, on immigration has been has been discouraging this year. Uh, Luann, Ryan, what are, what are some things that you, about twenty seventeen in education that you would rather forget? <laughs> in my school district in twenty seventeen, there there just seems to be this real um, uptick. In student sense of um, hopelessness and whatever other factors that would lead them to either consider taking their own lives or in some cases actually doing that. And that and in my school district, this is now extending to students who've graduated from school as well. So we see um, students who are 20 and 21 doing that, too. So that that's been sort of a pretty sad thing this year. And so, I mean, you're saying multiple multiple suicides. Yes. Yeah. What is the effect on... Uh, I mean, you, you kind of alluded to it, but I guess what, what other, other students, when that happens... It, it what, makes what, us sort of be on high alert around each other, I think. I think we, we tiptoe, and I'm not sure about what is the best way, because obviously you don't want to sweep things under the rug, and you need to, to talk to students, but it's just to get at the to get at the core of what is really causing the sense of, of hopelessness when you've got these um, young kids who, you know, we, we want them to have the whole future ahead of them and, and they, they can't see any of that for themselves. So really to try to tap into like what is what are the real issues and what are the real problems because it's not because like our school has become harder. It's not, it's not because education itself has become harder. There's other things happening and just um, what can we do to um, instill a sense of hope in our kids so that yeah. they know that they can go on. Yeah, and, you, and you've been on the podcast before. You, you've been in education for for a while now, 20-plus years. Do you, do you find that things like that where um, thoughts of, uh, and discussions of, of suicide, does it, is it a, 
is it a wave kind of thing? Like it, it happens and then it'll, you know, and then it'll disappear for a few years and then come back up and there'll be a, a an, an outbreak for lack of a better term? I think that is unfortunately true. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ryan, what what's something about 2017 that you would rather maybe forget? Or <laughs> One trend that I've been noticing is uh, a decrease in the amount of play that our kids receive in school, whether that be less recess than they've received before or at the element, early elementary, early childhood level, um, the amount of play, whether that be centers or free play that kids receive. And, and play really affects um, social development. It affects fine motor development, gross motor development, and so I think this decrease um, of play that we're seeing in the schools is really going to affect this generation pretty significantly. I think that schools are trying to push academic rigor, which I'm all for, um, but I don't think we should be pushing academic r- rigor at the expense of uh, play. Oh, very interesting. Um, okay, so now it's 2018. It's always kind of an optimistic time of year for teachers and everyone else. You're you're refreshed from winter break. You're ready to recommit yourself, ready to get back in the classroom. So um, as we switch our focus to 2018, what's something in education that you're looking forward to this year? Uh, as a government teacher, I always look forward to any election. The midterm elections this coming year will be – it's it's just – it's awesome. It's pure gold from a, a teacher's <laughs> perspective because, like, it, it, you know, the, the curriculum writes itself in a way. You know, you just yeah. have to sit back and just and just watch and, and discuss. So really looking forward to that and, and see the outcome of that. You won't have anything as epic as the uh, Alabama mm. special senate. No, no, oh, that, oh, oh, man. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe 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 you're hoping maybe that you won't have it, anything it, like that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a little less adventure is kind of a nice thing too. Uh, Luann, what are you looking forward to in 2018 in education? Spring of 2018, um, students who have graduated will have done a whole year of college, and I'll really look forward to hearing from hopefully a lot of them because I know studies show that if you survive that first year of college and you you get it down that you're you know you're you're going to be kind of doing okay. So I will look forward to hearing from a lot of them and hoping for you know good news. Uh, Ryan, what are you looking forward to in 2018? I, I've seen this big shift um, amongst teachers. I know Luann talked about her students having a voice. Um, I think uh, teachers are really seeing what's going on with uh, the U.S. Department of Education, and um, we're really standing up for our rights and, and what's right and what's best for not only students but our te- the teachers too. You know, it's interesting. So in a, just in our last episode, we talked about you know being politically neutral in school in front of students, but, mm-hmm. but on the flip side, you're saying uh, – you and your colleagues also feel more politically engaged. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, teachers, there, there are certain policies that directly affect us and our jobs and our teaching. I mean, budgets are being cut, and um, there, there are things being put into place that make it difficult for us to do our jobs. And so um, it's, it's our job and the job of teacher organizations to, to step, step up and fight for um, what we need to, to do our jobs and to do what our students need. Well, that might be a potentially good segue into my final question then. Um, what makes you most anxious about 2018? Looking forward in education, what makes you most anxious? Again, just seeing where the immigration debate, where that's going to go, if it's going to go anywhere. Um, it seems like it, it keeps getting pushed back on the back burner. And to an extent, nobody politically wants to touch it. And, and just just worried that, that um, DACA will go away. Um, and our students will be stuck in some form of, of limbo or hell where they're, like, not really citizens, um, but they're here and they can't really do anything. Right. I mean, and, and DACA, the extension expired. Well, it's, 
they they want to try to fix it by March, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's coming up soon. soon. Yeah, it's <laughs> coming up real soon, and just the the worry and the fear that that Congress won't get their act together, nothing will be done, um, and in in some ways it just it's it's used as a political football. Uh, that both sides use it to score points, and and it just goes away. And I imagine it has to be extremely pressing for your students. Definitely, especially when you talk about students that that would apply or have applied for DACA, um, and and seeing, um, you know, they're also looking at college applications at the same time and realizing that hey, if if I don't get this, I may not actually be able to go to college. Yeah. Uh, Luann, what are you anxious for in twenty eighteen? I think one of the things that worries me a little bit would be just the. When I see students that just they just see that they're learning that people in power really can replace people, not so much because they're not doing their job well, but because they don't agree with them. I mean, and all the way up to all the way up to Trump and the whole like you know what's going to happen with Mueller. It's just I think what I'll, what we're what we're showing students is that if you are somebody in power. You really can wield that in such a way that it's not. It doesn't even become about policy anymore. I mean, like agreement and disagreement about policy that that really goes. It's just so far down because it's like what the person in power wants when the person in power. And why wants does it, it? Why does it bother you that students are seeing that? Because some of my students are going to become those people in power. I mean, just and and I want I, learn. It's not a way to show them that we like we talk issues, right? We talk policy. We we talk about things that matter. It's not like the thing that's gonna make me happy in the moment, and because I can have the power, I'm gonna wield it. I'm gonna wield it in this way, and I think that's what our students are learning because they're living in this environment where this, and that's what makes the news, and that's what they see. And it's do you it, see do you see signs be. of them learning that? I mean, do you see signs of them picking up on that? Yes, I do actually. You know, what does that um, look, I, what does that I look like it, not not as civil of discourse as I'd like. And once again, in the halls, once again, when it's when it's not managed, um, but like in the lunchroom and things like that. You know, so that makes me a little anxious. Right. And Ryan, what are you most anxious about in twenty eighteen? Going along with Luann's point, I, I worry about the uh, policies that the current administration is is implementing because. Many of those policies in 2018 will will be in full effect, and I worry about um, how that's going to affect our students and how it's going to affect teachers and how they're able to teach um, from school choice to taxes to um, health care. A lot of these policies will disenfranchise a lot of our students and a lot of our teachers, and so that, that makes me really anxious. Well, that's it, our New Year special. Um, it is 2018. You're going to go back to school in a few days, so good luck for now. You can like us at Facebook, follow us on Twitter, just search for the No Wrong Answers podcast by Fountain City Frequency. Find us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And once you find us, subscribe and leave us a review. It helps. There are no other podcasts like ours giving you a teacherly take on the world. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode as our teachers kick off the winter semester 2018. Thanks to our teachers for this special episode, Greg Brenner, Luann Fox, and Ryan So. Thanks, as always, to Matt Hodap, who produces the podcast. And thank you to KCUR 89.3 Kansas City Public Radio, where we tape. Remember, kids, start of the year, start of the new year. Be nice to your teachers. Mm-hmm.